0: Another up, you know that we can really ease your mind. Every time I smoke a real bad in your heart, makes me fly. If everybody smoked the blumber lead, the mind the work could be a better place. If everybody took a break, then we all just get wasted.
1: Good afternoon. You're listening to Cannabis Corner on WNH one oh three point five FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and newhavenindependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash newhavenindependent or go to your Facebook page, look us up, and you can also hit see first to hear and see all the great programs we have here on WNHHLP and Cannabis Corner is also streaming live on procannabismedia.com. And the Greenhaven Media Facebook page. We thank you all for your support. It is Monday, June. What is what is today's date? June 26, sixth, twenty twenty three. I'm starting to lose track of time because I'm looking forward to next Saturday, but we'll get to that in a minute. June twenty twenty three, July uh, June twenty sixth, July twenty twenty three. And um, I am your host, Joe LaChance. Welcome to Cannabis Corner. I am flying solo right now. Lou should be here in a few minutes, as well as our guests. But uh, seeing that we will not be on the air this Saturday, I wanted to congratulate the state of Connecticut and all the cannabis consumers and all the activists and all... Anybody who fought for the home grow rights and anybody who are going to take advantage of the home grow rights in Connecticut. On Saturday, July 1st, it will finally be legal for every adult in the state of Connecticut to legally grow cannabis. And I think this is a huge, huge milestone in uh, for the cannabis community and for the cannabis industry as a whole and um, I think it's you know it's something that everybody should be taking advantage of even if you don't consider yourself a grower it's just something you should do and and beyond that you should even try and grow your own uh, vegetables too there are reasons for that but you know just to start you know the stuff that's in the dispensaries is not that great because it's grown by corporate entities and they grow it in a very corporate way and i'll leave it at that but it's all about making money and not about producing good quality medicine just like any corporation so It is much safer and much better. You have much more control over what goes into your plant and what comes out of it if you can learn to grow yourself. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the greatest grower in the world. You know, I'm able to grow a few tomatoes, some peppers, some basil, you know, and things like that. But, um, I have never had great luck with cannabis. So it's probably something I should learn as well, even though I, ha- I know the basics because obviously I ran a cannabis school. I have studied growing. When it comes to practice, I have never really sat down, tried to do it. I've only done it casually. Um, so this is something I wanna learn as well. And obviously like anything else, there are laws that will be going along with this. And what I wanted to do is uh, share a, a video that our good friend, Kenny Bastian, made with AI. Uh, and Kenny, for those of you who don't know, works with Mike. Now, holds a grow class every week. And uh, I believe it's Merritt in Connecticut every week at 11 o'clock. And Mike will be on the show This week, not this week, but this month, because I'm dedicating the entire month of uh, July to home grow. So we're going to talk to seed people. We're going to talk to soil people. We're going to talk to people who teach growing. I've already got Danny Danko booked for the month. So we're going to be focusing on spotlighting home grow for the month of July, because it's very, very important that we all get into it. But I wanted to share a quick video here that Kenny made with AI that kind of gives you the breakdown of the laws. So let's give this a shot.
0: Connecticut recently passed legislation that allows for legal home grow rights for medical marijuana patients and all adults over the age of 21. There are a few rules to follow and some parts of the law do not go into effect until July 1st, 2023. Medical marijuana patients with a valid license age 18 and older are allowed to grow 6 plants per person. If more than one medical patient resides together, the maximum number of total plants permitted per household cannot exceed the 12 plants per household legal cap. Each medical patient is allowed to grow 3 mature and 3 immature plants at any time in their home. Currently, growing marijuana outdoors at home is illegal and all cannabis home grows must take place indoors, be away from public view and always be in a secure location. These rules currently only apply to licensed medical marijuana patients with valid registration cards issued by the Department of Consumer Protection. Starting July 1st, 2023, these same home grow rules and regulations will extend to all adults age 21 and older with the same plant counts and limitations. We encourage you to attend Connect Icana University Grow classes to learn how to grow safely and effectively at home. Classes are every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon at the Sweet Keel and Higher Health location on East Main Street in Meriden, Connecticut. Hopefully, we will see you there and you can learn how to grow your very own cannabis at home properly and above all safely. Hemp seeds and live quality clones to start your very first legal grow are available at ctcloneshop.com. This free educational video was presented by Connect ICANA University and sponsored by Connecticut Hemp Shop.
1: Well, there we go. That's very nice. Uh, I think that covers all of it. And I think it's important to know that as a medical patient, you can grow at age 18, because that is the age for medical marijuana. And what is, what is this? Oh, my. And I think for, um, for medical marijuana, it's 18. For adult use, it's age 21. So keep that in mind. Keep in mind, outdoor grows are prohibited right now. However, I do believe if you get yourself an outdoor greenhouse that you can't see into or uh, is behind a fence, I think you might be okay, but you might want to check check on that. So we got it down six plants. If uh, two adults live in the same place, you can have up to 12 plants. And I think um, Lou and I have discussed before, you'd be amazed at the amount of cannabis that you can get from one plant. So, uh, and I think Lou demonstrated that on the air not too long ago. So it's, uh, it's, it's a very key milestone for all of us. And I think it's important uh, that we all go out and celebrate this weekend, not only the 4th of July, but our freedom to grow our own cannabis. So with that, I want to bring on our guest, speaking of medical marijuana, with us right now, I see Michelle is on the line. With us right now, we have Michelle Valet, and Michelle is uh, the founder and CEO of Advanced Telemedicine, and Michelle Valet, APRN, is dedicated to improving the quality of life through natural and safe alternative therapeutic options while attempting to avoid the undesirable side effects of traditional pharmaceuticals. She can assist and guide patients to, on a path to wellness through alternative methods using medical marijuana. How are you today, Michelle?
2: Hi, Joe. I am great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here.
1: We are excited to have you. I got to say, when... uh We met at NECAN for the first time. I was very, very impressed with your whole organization, and we had a great time on the panel. I think we covered a lot of important topics, probably some of which we will talk about here today for those who missed it. But I'm very impressed with your organization. Um, It's not, you know, a lot of these telemedicine, um, you know, that specify in medical marijuana, are like a one-person show, you know what I mean? A lot of them, but you actually have a physical office. You have people who I was so happy to see are working with you, my good friends, Judy and Jessica. So that was very nice. And those people, to me, I know know what they're doing. So you have a good staff behind you as well. But what I didn't know until I looked into what you do is that you do telemedicine for all kinds of different things it's not just medical marijuana hence the size of your organization you are really taking telemedicine now that it's an accepted form and you're taking it to another level offering it for people who can't leave the house or just don't want to leave the house or whatever And I'd like to talk a little bit more about that, how that working out and how does that work? And then we'll get into the medical marijuana. But I was, you know, looking through your website, I was like, oh, wow, she does a lot of stuff. So tell us a little bit how how you got that started and what made you, I think, judging from the time you started it, something called the pandemic might have motivated you into this. But let's hear it right from you. (laughs)
2: yeah well thank you for that great introduction and you're right we do a lot more than just medical marijuana however medical marijuana has kind of become the thing we specialized in because of the needs of the patients right so a little bit about my background I did years as a nurse in the hospital then I left I did years at an urgent walk-in facility I've prescribed opioids, I prescribed every medication you can think of, I've seen every kind of medical condition. And then I decided to start offering telemedicine in 2018. So it was kind of funny, I started my business right before the pandemic. And then the pandemic certainly kind of forced people into becoming comfortable with telemedicine. So it it worked out in a way for my business growth, but also for the convenience and safety of patients. They didn't wanna go into doctor's offices anymore. So with that, patients started asking me, do you certify for medical marijuana? So it kind of has been a snowball effect, but when I got asked over and over from all kinds of different people, if I certified for medical marijuana, it made me think more and more about it. It didn't just come from a certain type of person or a certain type of illness, it came from, such a wide variety. So with that motivation, I looked more into it and story after story of success of how it helps people get off these opioids, off all of these addictive, horrible side effect things that we do in our normal med- medical practice, which I have done myself. Right. I was like, wow, what a- an amazing tool or option for patients. It may not be for everybody, but it definitely caught my interest, made me a believer. And um, yeah, so then I kind of, I went and got an additional certification to become a certified cannabis provider so that I felt more comfortable talking to the patients about it, answering their questions. So currently we are a full care primary, a full primary care practice. So we do see people every day for tick bites. That's the specialty right now. Um, Poison ivy, pink eye, ear pain, anything that's reasonable that we can do. (laughs) Exactly. That's the season right now. Um, But we also specialize in medical marijuana patients as well. So, yes, we do a little bit of everything. We accept health insurance for everything, unfortunately, except medical marijuana at this time. That's a different conversation. Have me back on your show. We could talk about that.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. I know there's people who who work their way around it through Husky, but it's not really legit, right? You know, they really don't like you. Medical marijuana does not qualify under insurance basically.
2: Correct. It's completely not legit. So they're billing under a different complaint. They're billing under anxiety, certifying for the medical marijuana, and if they ever get audited, they're going to get in okay. trouble.
1: And some because... people have gotten caught. So, you know, they the state I think is on to it. You know, they're all state agencies. They all talk. So, yeah. <laughs> eventually they'll catch so... up with each other.
2: Exactly. And to your point, how I don't really have any other staff, but I am starting to grow. um, It's important to me that this is a really honest company that I'm developing here. I try to we have the lowest prices in the state for the medical marijuana program. And that's for a reason. I want this to be affordable, accessible, because I know how much it helps people. And it stinks that insurance doesn't cover it yet. But I follow the rules. We have guidelines. And um, yeah, and so I hired Judy, Judy Cervini. we'll give her yep. a shout out. I met her through Blue Point Wellness, which is a dispensary. She uh, right. worked in the front desk there and she was a huge help to my patients. And so she reached out to me asking if I needed some help. And oh my God, she's a wealth of yep. knowledge. And then another great person, um, Jessica. So yep. I am building with people that know the industry and right. have great reputations.
1: Yes, Judy has been around since the beginning of the medical marijuana program. You know, she worked in one of the first dispensaries that opened. And I know Jessica has been around as well. So, you know, it's good that you're bringing people like that into the fold. Because, you know, right now, and I think we talked about this. Well, first of all, let's talk about July 1st. You know, I spotlighted home grow, but I think medical marijuana patients have something to celebrate, too. Because there's no longer going to be that $100 state fee tacked on to, uh, to their license, correct?
2: Yahoo! We right. had, it was too good to be true. I had to ask the state directly myself before I believed it. And yes, it is 100% confirmed July 1st. They are dropping the $100 fee for medical patients to get their card and to recertify. It's the same price. Right, right. And they also are dropping the $25 caregiver fee if you have a caregiver on your account.
1: Right, right. So, I mean,
2: one more step towards making this more affordable to the people that rely on it.
1: So right.
2: That's a huge win for the medical program.
1: No, I think it's great. And that is something we've been fighting for for a long time. So to see those two things come to fruition on the same day, you know, the home grow. Well, medical has had it for a year already, but just home grow for everybody. And the, the fact that there's no longer a fee to the state for the medical marijuana program. I think those are reasons to celebrate. We have come a long way since this all started, you know, with the medical program first getting instituted in 2012 um we've come a long long way and I, you know a lot of people like to complain because look there are problems i'm not gonna lie we all know and we'll talk about them as well but we've also solved a lot of those problems over the years uh to have the chronic pain be able to be in there uh as a condition right to get ptsd yep. as a condition um, all these things, you know. And so we have to celebrate our victories, even though we still have a ways to go, uh, in a lot of ways, and we can talk about that. I think the medical marijuana program has actually, yes, we've made progress without the fees, but I think it's also gone backwards in a little way. And and you can I, you know, you can we can talk about that a little bit, but the support from the state. Does not seem to be as strong as it was, say five years ago, uh, and and tell me if if you've seen that as well.
2: Yes, I have seen it, and I think obviously there's money involved. Mm-hmm. So, from my medical patients, I have heard that they do feel their dispensaries don't have as many products because more effort is going into supplying the rec side. right. Um, so I think that they're, the state also has maybe shifted their focus a little bit more towards the rec side. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good and bad. So a good thing is they're taking attention off the medical program in a way by dropping that fee. So that's right. good. Um, and I think it's growing pains. So I think that for the first few months it has been a little bit rough, the supply and demand kind of making it even that both sides have what they need. I do think that we're getting back to that.
1: I um, did see that uh that there are some new that the growers are finally bringing out some new strains for adult use that their first harvest is finally coming forward of you know all the expansion did. So I did see that on the horizon there will be a lot more adult use products so there will be more separation I believe because right now Correct me if I'm wrong. They're selling the same products on both sides. The only difference is that some of the medical products can be a little stronger, uh, you know, and there's no tax on the medical products. That is a benefit that people need to realize. And what I'm hoping is that, like you say, growing pains right now and that within the next six months to a year that we are going to see that delineation again. Whereas the medical pro, uh, products are different from the adult use products, and that's going to just take some time. And, and I, I, I want people to know, hang in there if you're a medical patient, right?
2: Yes, but I was surprised. I thought that there would definitely certainly be a drop in medical patients, because why pay all that extra fee if you could just walk into a dispensary? But we actually had a lot more patients realizing that they qualified for a medical card and deciding that they wanted one because of the differences so i actually put a chart together because there are quite a bit of differences so i'll share that chart with you joe yeah yeah, yeah. post it on your social media it's a nice black and white chart to really see the differences Um, so just kind of off the top of my head a difference between for a reason for having a medical card if you qualify you can carry up to five ounces of marijuana on you at a time. If you don't have a medical card, you can carry up to 1.5 ounce. Right. And then if you have a medical card, you can purchase up to five ounces per month now. That's also a high number. And the reason the state did that is because as it becomes more available for rec patients, they wanna make sure medical patients stay top priority that they have access to what they need and enough of it. So that's and a I- good change.
1: And another thing, I do believe that uh, for the adult use, you can only buy a quarter ounce at a time. Whereas with the medical, you can buy your five ounces at once if you want, or you can buy an ounce at a time. You get a five ounce allotment every month that you can spread out and buy any way you want. Whereas with the adult use, you if you want to buy more than a quarter ounce, you have to jump hop dispensaries. To do it. And now I know they're putting in a system to prevent people from even doing that. So if you're a heavy cannabis user and you want to get your products from dispenser, you're going to be paying tax yeah. every day. You're going to be paying. And the taxes are not low, especially depending on the potency of the products you're buying. Uh, and you're also going to pay a higher price. So, and yeah. you're going to not be able to buy as much. So, yeah, I think people need to realize, and, and a lot of people, like you said earlier, didn't realize they even qualified, you know?
2: Yeah. It, so right now, the list of qualified medical conditions in Connecticut is up to 42. It was about 17 conditions on that list two years ago. I remember. So as more research is now being allowed to be done to get on that list, research needs to show that condition benefits from medical marijuana. So right. it is just constantly growing. So I think that it's worth setting up an appointment with your provider. If this is something you're interested in, just to see if you qualify, because like you said, PTSD, uh, pain, even a lot of people have pain after shingles. Like, so there is just so many specific diagnoses now that have snuck right. on the list which is awesome, providing- Like
1: fibromyalgia goes under that chronic pain because it's a chronic pain disorder, right? Chronic back pain goes under that as long as you can prove that you've been under treatment for. And I think that's what people also need to realize. They are going to need some proof, some medical records to show that they have been under treatment for this condition with a regular medical provider um because you know there's a lot of shenanigans going on I'll be honest with you I'm here in Puerto Rico and if you want to get your card you can just talk to somebody on the phone and tell them what's wrong with you you know what I mean I don't want to yes rat anybody out but it was that way in California when I was out there too it was very easy to get a card and you know, I you know, one thing about Connecticut is they are pretty strict on that. They have caught some people because the one thing that you don't require a reco- uh like a doctor is the PTSD. You can take a test for that. Correct?
2: So you do need a formal diagnosis? There are online, you know, data, not databases, but doctors groups and stuff that are kind of, you know, you tell a doc kind of thing and you type in, you don't even, I don't even know if you talk to a real person or a robot. So there are certainly ways to get the PTSD diagnosis, but you do need to have it established, documented somewhere. And that's a service that we do. So I am qualified to have that discussion with you and document and diagnose you with PTSD if you qualify. And then we move on. But yeah, and the, so state a, the state has
1: a the state has like a, a qualifications test that you take, right? Yes. So
2: yeah. there's a screening tool that we use.
1: Yeah. And that's important, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I also think that PTSD is especially now, you know, like I used to run a medical marijuana certification office myself, and that was over two years ago, and it was like I used to say, "Okay, have you been in jail? Have you had a sexual assault? Have you been involved in a violent crime? Have you been involved in a car accident? I think now the definition of what can cause PTSD has expanded quite a bit, and especially since the pandemic. I don't think people realize that an event like that uh, can be just as traumatic as a bad car accident. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's as traumatic as going to war or anything like that, but especially for younger people, especially for people who may have already had a history of, you know, mental mental disorders, that event, and you can tell me as a medical provider, have you seen more people come in with trauma and, and extra PTSD from what's happened through the pandemic and the aftermath of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. A lot related to the pandemic, whether they had a direct relative friend, someone they knew who died of COVID, just the fear of themselves of catching it. Oh, the pandemic wrecked us in so many ways. But with PTSD, like you said, you brought up a very good point. What is it? So a lot of people come to me and they say, you know what, I'm using marijuana now to help me sleep to help my anxiety. So insomnia, anxiety, depression are probably the three most common symptoms I hear. Those three are not currently alone on the list of qualified medical conditions in Connecticut. They are, however, on the list in other states that may be a little bit more advanced than us or for whatever reason. So I have faith that they're coming in Connecticut. We just don't have the data yet supporting it, but they're very common symptoms of reasons why people use medical marijuana and they're also and, symptoms associated with ptsd so that's when i say all right well let's talk about why are you having yeah
1: let's go back let's happened. yes let's and find the chances trauma.
2: are there was some trauma and it's something that was traumatic to you war certainly counts but not everyone's been in war and that you know something else could be traumatic to somebody they didn't. they got sure. through it physically but not mm-hmm. mentally in a good way
1: Right. And that's what PTSD is a mental, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a mental that but it affects your physical and, you know, that we can get into the mind body connection at some other time. But, you know, the thing about cannabis, too, and we want to talk about the mind body is that with the, the way it is introduced to the body through the CV receptors, we have two sets of CB receptors, we have the CB1 and the CB2. And I always get these mixed up, but one of them is more centered in the brain and one of them is more centered in the body. I forget which one is one, you could probably tell me. (laughs) but uh, So with cannabis, because if you get a whole plant, let's say you decide to vape it or smoke it, and you get the right ratio of CBD to THC, You can hit both sets of receptors. And, you know, for those people who don't know the science, uh, the more cannabinoids you can get through your receptors, the better it is for your endocannabinoid system, which functions to help serve homeostasis in the body. And I'll let you tell people what homeostasis is.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, you hit it in a nutshell. And so many people don't know this just because the endocannabinoid system was discovered in 1980. So it's not that old because again, all these laws and restrictions against cannabis have prevented so much science and research from being done. A lot of the research we have has been done in other countries because we just haven't been able to do it. So the endocannabinoid system was discovered in our bodies in the 80s and just like we have a respiratory system, a cardiac system, we have this endocannabinoid system that is responsible for our homeostasis. So our anxiety levels, our sleep, our temperature, our overall well-being, our inflammation, and in this system has all CBD receptors. Right. And We used to have hemp be a huge part of our farming, our diets. And so our bodies were better off. We had more of our needs met. They used to feed
1: livestock hemp, right?
2: Yes, exactly. So we would eat the livestock that ate the hemp. Then when they made hemp illegal, all of a sudden, I don't know if there's a link, but we have so many more chronic illnesses now, autoimmune diseases. Is there a relationship? Seems like it. So that's where CBD has kind of been reintroduced. And now it can help us kind of get our body's needs met and kind of help prevent a lot of these chronic illnesses that we're seeing. And we are seeing that people take CBD, their inflammation, their flares get better, go away. It's amazing.
1: And, and, And speaking of CBD, I know that we're talking about medical marijuana. But do you also, because besides just writing out the, the, the recommendations, you also consult with the patient because I think that's the second part. It's not as easy as when you get a script from a doctor that says, take one every four hours with food. Okay, very easy. Take one every four hours with food, right? With cannabis, you do have to learn how to dose, but there are so many other methods that you can use that are more or less effective for depending on your condition. So that's something that has always been in the past, in the early days of the program, kind of hit or miss, that you depended on the pharmacist for. And, you know, honestly, the pharmacists are trained to dispense pharmaceuticals. So all they know is take one every four hours. Well, this is what the doctor said here. Even though, of course, they're trained and they know all that. So a lot of them don't exactly always know as much as a medical professional who is educated in cannabis should know. Uh, does know. And um, so, have do you also like recommend a program of both a THC based and a CBD based? Uh, for different patients?
2: So we do have that discussion. So it depends on how much knowledge a patient has. Um, I ask them their experience. Some know a lot. They've been using it for a long time. Some have never touched it, but just are kind of at their last resort. So I go over four basics. I say, these are the four terms you need to be familiar with. You're going to hear and then I have them go meet with the pharmacist because that's part of the medical program. You have to have a consultation that with the console, pharmacist.
1: Right, right.
2: And then I usually offer a three-month follow-up. And that one, I try to usually get through insurance because at that point, it's kind of a medical discussion. It's an I'm office not certified visit, yeah. Or, yeah. so I do offer that. And a lot of people find that helpful. They've gone, they've, I get them started. They talk to the pharmacist, they try some stuff. And then they come back to me and we kind of continue to tweak. So that's why when you're thinking about picking a provider for a medical marijuana card, you want to make sure you have someone that provides that support, because that's a benefit of having a medical marijuana card is having access to all these healthcare professionals. And you want to make sure you're working with the right ones. Because like Joe said, none of us are required at this time to have any formal training, which is crazy.
1: You just need to be an APRN, right?
2: Yeah. Who Uh, can certify
1: real quick? Who who, who else can certify? APRNs, who else can anybody who can dispense a prescription, right? Can certify. So
2: it's, it's state by state. In Connecticut, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and physicians currently can. In other states, just physicians can. Um, so it's again state by state. But in Connecticut, we're pretty, they've made it pretty broad. So there should be a, a good amount of providers that you should be able to talk to about this but again you want to kind of see what their experience is with it
1: right right and and of course you obviously went through traditional nurse training to get your certification how much did they mention the endocannabinoid system yeah. in training because I've asked quite of doctors I wonder if it's the same for nurses <laughs> how much did they mention it not at all Yep. Yeah,
2: so if I had to say one word, none.
1: None, right? And but
2: I do wanna say that it's they're redoing the state, the, the boards for nursing the NCLEX and they're in the process right now. So all the nurse educators are contributing about like what useful information our future nurses are gonna need to know. And medical marijuana is gonna be on the new nursing test, which that means it's got to be included in the nursing curriculum. So this is also a, like, we're just That's moving great. forward in such a good way. So very shortly, it's going to start to be part of the nursing curriculum. And usually nursing in the medical medical schools follow suit. So um, that it's good. It's going to start to be taught, but currently it's not.
1: Well, you know, I've always felt, and obviously you're still in the, in the traditional medical community, but I've always felt that the medical community was more concerned with treatment than actual cures and reversing of conditions. That's just my opinion. Um, because I believe cannabis is a great healing plant and I believe the medicine, medicinal benefits, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And if it is allowed to be researched and used properly, there are probably hundreds of uses for cannabis in some way, shape or form. Like once you really get into that plant, and just in the few years that we have had in being able to research Look at all the different cannabinoids we've come up with and been able to isolate the different conditions they can help, right? CBA, CBN, CBG, THC-8, Delta-A, all these different cannabinoids. And we haven't even gotten into the phytocannabinoids yet. We haven't even gotten into the terpenes yet and how they can be isolated and used medicinally. So I think we're at the precipice of something really big with cannabis, as long as we can keep it out of the hands of big pharma. Because, yeah, as you know, you know, that's something that could definitely change it. So, um, you know, it's very important, I think, that people realize that. And getting back to PTSD, um, yes, cannabis can help. But don't you also feel like somebody should um, maybe see a therapist or see somebody to talk about the trauma and help to get over it uh, as well? You know?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's the first question I ask. So I describe PTSD as first, you had to have some kind of history of trauma. It could be a major event or it could be many little events, something that was traumatic to you. So you get through this trauma. Physically, but did you get through it in a healthy way or an unhealthy way mentally? mentally? And if you processed it in an unhealthy way mentally, that's what leads us to trouble sleeping, racing thoughts, a lot of these symptoms that a lot of us experience. And so, textbook over and over and over number one treatment for PTSD is talk therapy. Go Good. to a trained person, and the thought, the, the concept is that they're going to help you reprocess what you've been through in a healthy way to alleviate those symptoms or maybe get rid of them it it may work it's going to help no matter what it'll help if you're with the right person but then you know it may not be a hundred percent so that's where cannabis might be another tool to help you live a higher quality life but absolutely we i cover all those i say do you have a primary care doctor when was your last physical Let's rule out, make sure that this isn't a thyroid condition causing anxiety. Let's make sure this isn't a blood sugar issue. I look at the whole picture. I don't want anyone to ever use cannabis as a band-aid and really just continue to suffer. It's supposed to help people have a higher quality of life.
1: Right. And And, we
2: have that discussion.
1: And also, I believe cannabis is a great um, substitution for the psychotropic drugs that they would normally put you on for PTSD. There are so many less side effects. And and you correct me if I'm wrong. One of the biggest complaints I hear about people who go on these medications is that they don't feel like themselves anymore, that they feel like a zombie, that yes, it, it stops the anxiety, but it also stops everything else. And I feel like, and I've seen this with my own eyes, that people who really want to get off that, and cannabis seems to not have those side effects at all. As a matter of fact, they seem to enhance the person's experience and give them a sense of well being rather than killing off their emotions, you know? And I think that's what people need to realize the benefit of cannabis for PTSD and for anything else that you might be using for painkillers as well, I would say, you know?
2: And I. To your point of how kind of the medical world right now isn't ideal, like, are they trying to cure? Or are they just trying to push Keep, pills, whatever? Right. I think that we've gotten that way. It's no one's fault in particular. No, but it just became a business.
1: We- it became a business.
2: Exactly. It became a business. So we got all of our education from the pharmaceutical companies, which obviously was skewed information. We've done our best. But now we're left with these opioid addictions and all these problems from the pills that promise to solve everything. So I think that we are coming full circle, realizing that Western medicine isn't be all end all. Like we need some of the Eastern stuff. So that's how I practice. I don't think that psychotropics are terrible. I think that they help a lot of people live normal lives. But if we can lower your dose and maybe help you during those moments of panic with something else, that would be a better situation then feeling zombied and no emotion. So I think, yes, exactly. It's very individualized and it's just nice to utilize all these tools. Now cannabis being one of those tools, which it was not available to us for a long time.
1: And I think you made a good point there with the opioid addiction problem being so huge and the mental health problem in this country being starting to grow as well. Um, I think this is why more and more states are looking at medical marijuana, because, you know, if you look at if it's done properly, I know like even here in Puerto Rico, they tax it right off the bat. So the government's making money off it. But a lot of the states don't make a ton of money off the medical marijuana program. And it is more for the well-being of the people who live there and allowing maybe an alternative, those who want to try an alternative to the medical, you know, the medical, whatever you want to call it, monopoly, um, that they have that opportunity. And it's nice to see a lot of the states, especially some of the Southern ones that I never thought would yep. ever do it are starting to do it. And you're right. That is a good thing. It's a good progressive thing. And I think now the point is to get more and more people open to the idea that, hey, maybe there is another alternative, you know, and that that can open up doors for people maybe to start eating better. Maybe you start yes, realizing exactly. they need to exercise more. And, you know, that I think has kind of been lost here in our modern society where everything is based on convenience and instant gratification, that we have forgotten how our parents and grandparents used to live and how they used to, you know, they had diseases, but not as I I gotta say, probably not to the extent that we have now in the modern society since processed foods, since the advent of a lot of pharmaceuticals, right? Since yep. the, you know, over-vaccination of people. And I don't even want to get into that, but I'm not even talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about the other, what they do to when you're a child. Um, you know, I, you know, I look at myself, right? And I found my old records. I had maybe five vaccines when I was a kid. You know, I'm fine, you know? Yeah. You know, what I mean, I, I'm fine. I, I, I ate butter. I ate lard. I'm fine. You know. Yep.
2: What came first, the chicken and the or chicken or the egg? Right. So we have all these medical health conditions. What? Where so, was?
1: Where? Right. What was uh, considered medicine before all these pharmaceuticals? Right. Cannabis.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But you know, we live long now maybe we have more medical conditions because we have better ways of diagnosing them, you know, but, or maybe they didn't exist then. So it's just so hard. It's so muddled, but you're right. Humans have not helped themselves in this situation. No,
1: No, we haven't. And, and a lot of it is of course, you know, we, it's advertising, marketing, all that, you know, I know when I was growing up, it was the advent of processed foods, right? That started to happen in the seventies and sixties when I was a kid. And they would tout it as the greatest thing in the world, artificially flavored. You know, oh, this is, we, we were able to duplicate the flavor of a strawberry. No, no, you really didn't. But, you know, but they pushed the processed foods as the greatest thing than sliced bread. And here we are 20, 25 years, 30 years later. Well, maybe. And yep. we're seeing all these health problems. And, and I think it's good that cannabis was on. The U.S. pharmacopoeia for over 100 years before it became illegal. People knew it worked as medicine. Not only that, cocaine, heroin, they were all on the pharmacopoeia. There were a lot of more natural herbs, tinctures that were made out of the earth, which is realistically where everything comes from, everything. Even pharmaceuticals have to start somewhere. Uh, But I'd just rather use them in their raw form. Um, yeah. it's nice to see us going back to that, even with this, this new, um, push for psilocybin, you know? Yeah. Um, so
2: I mentioned that there was the four words that I always tell patients. Yes, they should let's be familiar that. With. Yeah. Cause it goes along with this. So I say, if you know nothing about cannabis, you're going to hear these four terms. So just be aware of what they are. And then we'll, we could go much, much deeper than this. So there's THC and there's CBD. So I know many of your listeners may already know this, but this is kind of the basics. So THC gets to our brain. It gives us that high feeling, that euphoric feeling. Um, And then the CBD doesn't get to our brain, but it binds to so many of those CBD receptors. So it does a lot more medicinally for us than the THC, but they both have benefits. So my point is that you don't have to get high at all if you want the benefits of cannabis therapy or you can choose to get as high as you want. So there's a big spectrum there. So right. I like people to know that because kind of based like back to your you know, statement about the stigma, people think of kind of the traditional stoner, like I'm just going to yeah. get high. I don't want that. You can get rid of your pain and not be high. So I tell them that's a right. start. And then obviously, then we look at the next thing, which is sativa. And then that's on one end of the spectrum to indica on the other end of the spectrum. And there's many things in between that are called the hybrids. So sativa is going to give you energy and the indica is the in the couch going to make you sleepy. So I say, when you go into the dispensary, know those four things, because that's kind of the quadrants where you might want to have the discussion and get started depending on what you're looking for. And there's over 800 different products now available. So marijuana products, so seriously, something for every symptom.
1: Right. And then you also have to discuss now what's the best method of ingestion. You want edibles? Do you want to vape? Do you want to take tinctures? Do you want to take pills? Do you want to smoke flour? So that's all the things you have to take into consideration. And I don't think people understand that, you know, hey, you know, I, I smoked a joint and, you know, my pain didn't go away. Well, you know, maybe you need to take a tincture. So it mm-hmm. gets into your bloodstream, you know, uh, so mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of different ways to do it, but, um, no, I think, I think, like I said, we have a lo- we have a, we've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. And it's people like you who are really, uh, you know, want to see this program succeed. You know, yeah. it's not just a money grab. It's it, you want to see this program succeed You want to see people experience the benefits of cannabis. And I think that's a great thing. So we have about four minutes left. So what I want to do is tell us a little bit how people can reach you online. Where's your office? What's your social media? What's your rates? Whatever you want to tell us.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. So, yeah. Oh, my God. This time went by quick. I could talk to you all day, Joe. I'm happy that you do what you do as well. You have a great radio station here.
1: Thank you. Um, I love to talk.
2: (laughs) So our company is named advanced telemedicine. Our website is advanced telemedicine.com. We also have a Facebook page and Instagram page. So certainly check us out. Um, We, like I said, we have the lowest rates in the state. We charge $99 for any new patients to us, whether it's a new certification or a renewal, And then once we see you once, because that visit takes a little bit longer, getting the initial intake forms, then the second visit with us will be 79. So 99 and 79 is what we charge. We're comfortable with that. Seems to work for the patient. So we're happy to be able to offer those prices. Um, We actually only see patients through telemedicine. I put a lot of time in designing the medical record system to be as user-friendly as possible. And I have patients who've never done a Zoom call, have no problem. So you go online, you schedule an appointment, or you call our number, which is on our website, and you talk to Judy, who yeah. will be more than helpful, and she will set up an appointment for you. And then you meet with me, uh, you'll get like a confirmation through text and email. So literally it's a link and you just click the link and we see each other. Sometimes, you know, and so we will work with you if you have any technology troubles, but overall our system is very user-friendly, we meet. We have a discussion and we just make sure it's an appropriate choice for you. Um, I do want to say that what gave me a lot of faith in the medical program, yes, there's still work to be done and a lot of support and advocating needs to be done. But if we look at Massachusetts, who's a few years ahead of us, they still have a very strong medical and recreational program. So that's very promising. So the states do a good job kind of making some differences, making it beneficial based on your needs. So, like I said, Joe, I will send, I'll share this uh, chart with Please you. It's it helpful. I'll
1: post it up. answers it a lot up. of people's
2: questions. Yeah.
1: I'll and post so it up. And
2: so, you can make it, like, I'm, I have a full schedule this week of patients, but they're meeting with me, which you need to do. So, to get a medical card in Connecticut, you have to have an evaluation by a provider first, and then you fill out a brief form with the state to get the card. So patients are meeting with me this week and then holding off till July 1st to click submit, so they save so they that hundred bucks. Right? The state.
1: Absolutely. So that's why you're jammed up this week. Huh?
2: Yeah. So keep in mind, July 1st, the hundred bucks cheaper than it's ever been. Other patients are paying the hundred bucks one last time just because they know if they end up their card expires and they go to a rec place two, three visits, they're going to pay hundred bucks in taxes. So yeah. it's yeah. cheaper for them to have the card.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think people need to understand this. And along with the grow rights that go along with it. Remember, 18 years old, if you have your card, you can grow cannabis three years earlier than everyone else um, if you have your medical card. And that's important. Now, one last quick question with, um, you know, the growing being uh, in place for a year now. Have you seen in your, some of your patients wanting to grow more, talking about how they've grown their own stuff, or have you seen more patients growing their own?
2: I have. Uh, they still kind of do both. They say they save money because they don't have to go to the dispensary as often, but they still have certain products that they like from the dispensary, but- The growing has been going really well giving people confidence like it's it's a really cool thing that they can do um i know some great companies that can offer supplies and support i don't know if i can mention any names but uh that's something that i've been talking with my patients about kind of learning who they're using as resources and i have some recommendations of my own as well um one other thing if we do do a visit if you do a visit with my company We do free consultation. So I can talk about cannabis all day. I'm happy to. So if we have a discussion and you don't qualify for a medical card and I just think that you would benefit from something else, I'll be be honest with you and we wouldn't charge you if we're not able to actually complete the certification for you.
1: Okay, that's great. And you said you do have follow-ups that are covered by insurance. I'm getting the word to say goodbye. So Michelle, thank you very (laughs) much. Please share that info with me. To all our listeners, congratulations on HomeGrow. Congratulations on no more fees. I will be heading into town for the 4th of July. So I hope to see you all. I want to come celebrate HomeGrow with my friends in Connecticut. So I want to see you all this weekend. Happy 4th of July. Happy HomeGrow. Thanks again, Michelle. And we will see you all on July the 10th. We are off air next week. If you want to follow me, it's at Joe Guy, at Greenhaven Media, at Cannabis Corner Radio. I'm at everywhere. Talk to you all later. Have a great weekend. Thanks again, Michelle. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you on the 10th. Happy home grow.
2: my room until I got high <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom but then I got high uh. La, da, da, my room is still messed up and I know why why man <laughs> yeah cuz I got high because I got high yeah, because good. I got high
0: La, da, 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 da.
2: I was gonna go to class before I got high La. come on y'all check it out could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh, uh, La, da, da, I'm taking da, da, da. it next semester and I know why. Why, why man, why. Yeah.